Welcome to the Well Studying Podcast. This is episode 316. Today is September 3rd, 2020. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, the markets are in turmoil. We saw the S&P 500 today drop more than 3.5%. This is a reckoning that's way overdue in my opinion. We're going to talk about that in this episode. Before we do, I have a couple programming notes. I do want to mention that I've promised that we're going to get an episode about why I don't care about the national debt. I've received a lot of questions on that over this whole COVID crisis that we've had. And I do promise that's coming up next. And then also, I've received a lot of the general listener questions. We will have an episode covering that. I'm going to do my, my best over the Labor Day weekend to get both of those episodes out. So thanks for your patience. As far as new content, although I've been a little lax in getting podcast episodes out, over the past couple weeks, I have posted a couple short format videos over at YouTube, one on oil stocks and the other on Warren Buffett buying gold. So if you haven't seen those, you might want to check those out. And then finally, I do want to mention that over at the investablewealth.com website, in today's post, there's a chart. So if you're having a hard time visualizing what I'm saying today, Go check out today's post and feel free to sign up for the free alerts. Okay, so on to the main topic. What's going on here with this September swoon? Let's first talk about September in general. It tends to be the most volatile of stock market months, and I think it's going back to uh, 1950. September tends to always be the worst performing month of the year. And while on average, on a monthly basis, the S&P 500 usually is in positive territory, you know, going all the way back to 1950, the average for the month of September is actually negative. So why does that happen? Well, number one, there's nothing magical about it. In and of itself, it could just be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if everybody thinks that September is going to be a bad month, then just because of investor psychology, more people tend to sell into September or whenever there's the slightest panic, they start to fear that there will be a major, you know, September curse, and so they sell early. So in a lot of ways, it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I just want to really emphasize the fact that we have a lot of Wall Street adages. You know, there's a lot of old sayings or proverbial type statements that we believe in because, you know, they generally are accurate or else they wouldn't be old adages. And that's where people get all hung up on things. They want to have an exact answer. And while there's a lot of methods and techniques, the bottom line is, is that none of them are 100% accurate, and that's because no one can predict the future. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and time it, because I do think that markets can be timed or swing traded simply because to make money through a swing trading technique, you don't have to accurately get in at the bottom or get out at the top. There's a lot of money that can be made in the middle. And so I never delude myself into believing that I can predict the future or that I have a perfect method. I simply just stick with my method. And I know that over time, if I take a disciplined approach and I try and continually iterate and get better, that over the long run, I can turn a profit. Ha <laughs> ha, but I digress. So getting back to September and the current swoon we're in, yes, September tends to be a very volatile month. Besides the fact that it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, it also has to do with where it is in terms of seasonality. 
Obviously, in the United States, every two years or every four years, we get into an election cycle. And since September is just 60 days ahead of those November elections, the month of September, because of election uncertainty, can be more volatile. Also, in terms of certain sectors of the economy, September can be a very critical month. Uh, and when I talk about this, this is, would be specifically referring to things like retail or the travel industry. Think in terms of retail. Most retailers make all their profit in the fourth quarter, and it all has to do with how well their Christmas sales do. Well, if you're, say, in February or March, you're a long way off from Christmas sales, and so you really can't make an accurate estimate of what retailing profits will be. But as you get into September, and you've just come through the back-to-school shopping, a lot of times they can assess that, get a feel for how people are buying, what consumer sentiment's like, and then they can extrapolate how good or how poorly Christmas sales will be. So again, September becomes a decision point. Same thing can be true with energy prices or with the airlines, where during the summer it tends to be the largest travel season. And so by the time you get into you know, this time of the year, the end of summer, Labor Day, you can know how much people traveled. Did they drive a lot of places? Did they take trips on airlines? Did they stay at hotels? All those things are numbers that are going to be coming out in the next few weeks. And so depending upon how well summer travel went, that can be an indicator of how the year is going to close out. And so again, September becomes a very big determining point. And then the other unique thing about September is that it comes at the end of the summer season. And so this is when people start getting back to work. You know, they're done taking their vacations and they really start paying attention. And so as, as far as the stock market goes, a lot of time, you know, June, July, and August, people are vacationing. They're not really actively trading their stocks or they're not paying attention to them because they're on vacation. But in September, they get back to looking at things seriously and you'll generally see trading volumes do pick up in September. And a lot of times along with that comes an increase in overall price volatility, particularly if you're going to see a change in trend, which is potentially what's happening right now, right? We've had a great summer rally. And then now maybe people are starting to look at the market and saying, hey, maybe things got overbought. Maybe there's too much irrational exuberance here. Let's take some money off the table. And then because not just a few people are doing that, but large numbers of investors are coming in trading high volumes of shares, that's going to drive volatility up and the price down. That's precisely what I think is going on right now. And again, it comes to no surprise to me. In fact, I'm way out of sync with this. I thought back in June when we started to have a market setback, I think it was oh the second or the third week in June, the market started to pull back. That was at about the same time that we started to see an increase in COVID cases as the economy started to reopen. Now, at that time, I was very much expecting that we would get a, a pullback in the market, much like we're seeing right now. If you remember that over these summer months, I've been referring to these market conditions as flip a coin. You know, basically saying we got a heads or tails 50-50 chance of the market either going up or going down. And so non-coincidentally, I've been holding about a 50% cash position so that if the market does dip, I'll have cash reserves I can use to go in and take advantage of the lower prices. Well, it's been a pretty good strategy. 
although the market has risen significantly farther over these summer months than I thought it should have. I really do think that we're at irrational, unfounded valuations, at least when you're talking about the really mega cap stocks. And the reason I say that is before today's drawdown, over 50% of the S&P 500, I think it was 58% of the S&P 500 stocks were in a technical correction as of yesterday before we saw today's big sell-off. And that means that more than 50% of the stocks were trading at least 10% below their 52-week high. So there's still a lot of value out there. There's a lot of stocks that haven't fully recovered, even though we keep hearing that the NASDAQ and the S&P are putting in new record highs. And that's because this recovery has been extremely bifurcated. The financial sector, the energy sector, most of the travel sector, a lot of the mid to smaller companies are nowhere near recovery. In fact, many of them still down 20, 30 or more percent from their pre-COVID highs. But the reason that you see all these headlines about the indexes making higher highs is that most of these indexes are weighted towards the ultra large cap companies. Now that in and of itself is not a bad thing. In fact, again, I think it allows there to be a lot of opportunities to still buy into the rally because so many stocks are still selling at a discount. I've been hesitant to jump in and I've been very skeptical of this summer rally because the volatility index, the VIX, has still been historically unprecedented. If volatility continues, I mean, it's not hard to believe that we could be back up above 50 or 60 or, or even higher, which from a historical perspective, other than the recent months of the COVID crisis, that is really unprecedented. So that's been very concerning to me and why I've been very cautious and remaining 50% in cash. But now having said that, although I'm cautious, I'm not pessimistic. I do believe that as we approach into next year, 2021, that can be a very good year for the stock market. And the reason I say that is, you know, despite all the problems that we have right now, once we get past November, we'll know who the president is and it really won't matter one way or the other, I don't think, from a market perspective, who wins. In a lot of ways, the market was very fearful that someone like Elizabeth Warren would become the president when you saw that Joe Biden got the Democratic nomination. The market liked that. The market went up. And then again, likewise, when Joe Biden didn't pick Elizabeth Warren to be his vice president, again, the market liked that and rallied. And so right now, from an election standpoint, although there's uncertainty, I think the real professionals on Wall Street kind of think that it's Tweedledum or Tweedledee. So once we get into 2021, we have a new president. And then also once we get into the spring and the summer months of 2021, we should see a rapid decline in the number of COVID cases. And whether that's because of vaccine or a treatment or just old herd immunity, you know, like I've been saying going back five months ago, COVID is not stage four cancer. It's simply a virus. We'll get beyond that. And sometime in 2021, it's very likely that we will get beyond it. So that's going to help the economy. And then also looking at corporate profits. 2020 has been one of the worst years, if not the worst year on record for corporate profits. And so the year-over-year -year comparables in 2021 are going to be easy targets for virtually all companies to beat especially those companies that have performed so poorly right now in 2020. And so when you factor all those things in, that's why I remain optimistic 
on the performance of the overall market through 2021. Now, I do get pessimistic as we start getting into 2022, but we'll leave that for another day. But as far as 2021 goes, it's a pretty good estimate that corporate profits on the S&P 500 will be about $170. That puts the valuation of the S&P 500 today, based on those forward earnings, at about a 20 times earnings. Now, while that's extremely high, it's not unreasonable given how low interest rates are. But I do think it's higher than it should be, considering we are some 15 to 16 months out from when those earnings are going to come in. So I do think the market is pricing in perfection and overlooking all the short-term events that could be taking place between now and, say, you know, March of 2021. One of those big events, and really the one that I'm most concerned about, is a resurgence or a second wave of COVID that may take place during the traditional flu season. So as we get into these fall and winter months, when traditionally flu cases pick up, I don't think it's unreasonable to assume that we could see not only more cases of COVID, but more people dying as well. So to me, that's the biggest wild card. I think that could definitely drive the market to lower levels. But again, it will burn itself out. It isn't an existential threat to humanity or the economy. And so if we do get a further pullback, say between now and the election, and whether that's driven by election uncertainty or resurgence in COVID or whatever it is, I think that that would be a great buying opportunity. Now, the question on all this is, when do you buy? And that gets back to the chart that I posted today over at investablewealth.com. I can't predict the future. I have no idea how low this swoon will go. All I can do is assess probabilities. And I do that in a number of ways, but just from a gradient scale of what could take place. If you look at that chart that I posted over at investablewealth.com, you'll see that I have the performance of the stock market year to date. And if we get a drop down to about 3,400 on the S&P 500, which is just a little farther that we would need to go to do that, that would be about a 5% drawdown from the record high that we saw earlier this week. It's not unlikely that we could bounce off of that 5% drawdown level that would put us right back to about the highs that we saw in February prior to the COVID virus scare. We could bounce off of those previous highs, which would now act as support, and the market could go on to rally to even higher highs. Now, personally, I don't think that that's the way things are going to turn out, but there is so much liquidity in this market. There is so much monetary, easy money floating around. There's so much federal stimulus money that's percolating through the economy. There's so much investor money that's been sitting on the sidelines that has missed a a good bit of this recovery that it isn't hard to see how people could come in, they could get excited, they could buy that 5% dip, and the market could keep rising higher. I think it would be irrational. I think the fact that we've seen absurd valuations on these fad-type stocks And the momentum pouring into things like, you know, whatever the next great vaccine company is going to be, or exercise bikes like Peloton, or the stay-at-home trades like Zoom or Amazon, or even what I consider the absolute absurdity of pricing we've seen recently in Tesla stock. I mean, I think the chickens need to come home to roost on all these crazy valuations. And so I personally am not going to probably buy into this market unless we get below that 3400 on the S&P 500. I want to see some of these chickens coming home to roost and some rationalization of these nonsensical valuations. 
And so from that perspective, I don't think it's unlikely at all that we could see the S&P 500 dip down to 3,200. That would put us at a level that would be consistent with the range-bound top of the market that we saw going back through 2018 and 2019. That would bring us down about 10% from the recent highs. And so because of that, I think there's a high degree of probability that we could at least get down to that 3,200 level. And then beyond that, I think the probabilities get slimmer, although they are still probable. I don't think they're as likely, but I would not be surprised. In fact, personally, I would like to see the S&P 500 dip down to at least 3,000. There'd be a great deal of psychological support at that level. And that also happens to be the level where I think, based on those 2021 earnings of about $170 a share, you get into a much more reasonable forward earnings valuation. The S&P 500 would, would put it somewhere in the range of, I don't know, 17 and a half or so. So from a pure rational valuation standpoint, given all the turbulence and all the uncertainty we have right now, I really think the S&P 500 should be trading around 3,000. Of course, the market doesn't care what I think, and that's why you know we've gotten up above 3,500. But I would like to see the market dip back down to 3,000. I think anywhere at or below that level is an absolutely perfect time for an entry point to buy in if you're a long-term investor. And then, of course, anything below that level, for example, if we got down to about 2,800, that would be more or less a 20% drop from recent highs. While I think that's unlikely, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, particularly if we do get a big scare with a second COVID wave coming in. We could see the market drop to that level and while that seems like a big move from where we are today, remember that's only about a 20% move. And so from a technical standpoint, that would just put us back into a bear market. And again, with such a bifurcated recovery that we've been going through and so many stocks that are already in a technical correction, it wouldn't be hard to believe that the overall market could move into a bear market. And again, that would happen at around 2800 I would definitely be a buyer at those levels. And at this point, although I think it would be extremely, extremely unlikely that the market would go much lower than that, it is not impossible that the market could go back and retest the March lows. That would give us a W-shaped recovery. It's something that actually I thought was likely to happen back in May or June. Now, because the market's gone so high from there, and since we're so far into the effects of the virus, at this point, I do think it's extremely, extremely unlikely, but again, it's not impossible. That would represent about a 40% drop from the recent high. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to tell you if it does, to me, that would be a buying opportunity of a lifetime. So how is this all going to turn out? Again, I have absolutely no idea. I have not yet bought this dip that we've seen today. I want to wait and see how things play out, particularly as People come back from the Labor Day vacation next week. I would really love to see a 10 or 15% pullback. My watch list of things that I'd like to buy is, you know, 30 to 100 stocks long. So I see many, many great opportunities in this market. But for now, I'm going to remain cautious. I'm going to keep my powder dry. And we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. When I start moving into this market, I'll be posting about it over at investablewealth.com. So until then, as always, thanks for listening. This is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.